Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 68. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. How about you, Matt? We have a, a player who wore 68. Do you know who that was? You should. You should. I should? Yeah. You're going to feel bad when I say it. A player who wore 68. Can I get a year? Uh, he wore it between 1994 and 1995. Well, sorry. He wore it for the 94 95 season, I should say. I don't know. Zygmunt Palfi. Oh. Yeah. It was only one season, so you'd be forgiven. Okay. It was his first one, and then he went to 16 after that. Okay. Fair enough. So. You are forgiven. It was actually, uh, he only played 33 games that year, so it wasn't even his first. It was a first full season, um, but not a first actual full season. No, so I, I think you're going to have to give me that one. I, I did not remember, unfortunately. No. I'll have your IELTS credentials, please. Sorry, IELTS fans credential, please. I'm laying out my hand in front of my camera. I know. I got to give it to you because I was zero <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> I was 10. Oh. Is that really the difference here? Oh, we go through this a lot. Anyways, we don't have to go there. We don't have to go there. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I just got back from calling a blowout basketball game at the school that I work for. So that was entertaining, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Um, So did you watch the Simpsons episode we spoke about on the Patreon last week? Or not last week, over the weekend? Not even a little bit, no. What? Come on, man. Uh, Okay, when are you going to watch it? Um, I'll do it tomorrow, definitely, as I shake my head that it's definitely not going to happen, but. <laughs> I just, I watched it. Did oh, you? For those who don't know, on the patron, uh, so we do a patron or a patron post after every single New York Islanders game. Um, it's five bucks a month. Uh, it sounds like a lot, but when you think about it, it's not because they play like almost every other day, especially now coming January, February, March, they're going to play a ton of games. So after every single game, we record a podcast. And in the last podcast, I said Boo Earns, and Matt had no idea what I was talking about. 
No, I knew so it was I from the to meme. Go watch. Right, you knew it was from the meme, but you didn't know the context of the meme. No, I wasn't a big Simpsons. I mean, I, like I said, I saw the Simpsons movie, and I've seen episodes over my lifetime, but there's like 33 or however many seasons I'd have to go through. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember <laughs> one episode of The Simpsons. It was in season six, one of the best seasons ever. Uh, anyways, so I'm trying to get him to watch it so he understands the full context of the meme because millennials don't understand where history comes from. No. That's not true. That, that's a broad, inaccurate generalization. That's okay, Mitch. I, I understand. I, I deserve it. You can lash out at me for that one. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Anyways, it came from when Mr. Burns created his own movie to win an award, uh, and it was uh, – I forget the name of the movie. Anyways, it was, it was filmed by Steven Spielberg, the cheap Mexican knockoff version of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and in it, Mr. Burns portrays himself as a hero, and he's very much not – and at the end of the movie, everyone starts yelling out boo. And then he turns to Smithers and says, Smithers, are they saying boo or boo earns? And that's where it keeps going. And then Hans Molman says, I was saying boo earns. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyways, Islanders. Now that everyone's tuned out, let's get to the Islanders. <laughs> so... I had to find a way to plug the Patreon, Matt. That was good. You went into that long, that elaborate story. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, big story from this week still has to be Nassau Coliseum. The Islanders were back. We were back. Mitch came down from Canada for it. So, let's start there, Mitch. Overall experience from coming to New York, Long, long Island experience, and the tailgate in the game. Uh, first, uh, the drive was good, except I got stopped at the border for no particular reason whatsoever. I think it's because I brought you those four beers. I told them I had four beers and like, oh, please come over here for a random search. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? But at least I made friends with the, the three children in, uh, in, in well, that were waiting as well. I don't know what they were waiting for, but they were there a lot longer than I was. Um, but then Long Island was fantastic. We had a burger. It was good. Uh, presentation, not so much, but whatever, you know, as long as it tastes good, right? Yep, All-American, we hit that up. And then I had some Bagel Boss, and that was fantastic. Oh, my God. Pickle in the morning, best thing ever. Absolute best thing See, ever. I'm not a big pickle guy, so I don't think I would have went pickle, but I respect it. Oh, I didn't choose it. It was there, and I love the fact that it was. Okay, I respect it. And then there was the tailgate. I was not prepared for the tailgate. I, I, I kind of had an idea of what a tailgate was because, you know, you've seen them on TV. You understand it's just a bunch of fans hanging out before the game. But the fact that there was a bunch of just kind of hockey games going on, I really wish I had brought my hockey stick. I really wish I had brought one because that would have been a blast. Or pads. Oh, I should have brought some pads. <laughs> Next time. Just, just pads? Yeah, because so I can go in net. Oh, oh, oh. I thought... I mean, you're gonna roll out what like kind of pads. Did you think I was gonna bring? Like I don't know. Hey, I got some maxi pads, no. everyone. Mitch, don't get crazy. I'm talking about shoulder pads, elbow pads, like skater pads. Oh. <laughs> I need. I know you meant goalie pads. So weird. Yeah, I bring goalie pads. Um, so yeah, I wasn't ready for it. We always had a ton of fun with Devin from Yes Men Outfitters and the crew from Oyster Bay. Thank you for the beers, by the way. They were delish. Yeah, what a blast uh, that was. Yep. Uh, seeing B-Comp and Carver, that was kind of fun. Not kind of, that was a lot of fun. 
Um, and then just hanging out with, with friends like Andrew, going to the, we were playing Flip Cup a lot. That was a lot of fun. I was terrible. God, I was bad. Was that your first time playing Flip Cup? Um, no, I'd played it before, but the way that we play it is you pour the whole beer in. They were not pouring the whole beer in. You do the whole beer? You have to chug the whole beer? The whole thing. Canada's yeah. wild place, man. Canada's wild. This is probably why I'm bad at it, because I'm not great at chugging beer. I could do one, and that's that's it. Like, I am not Frank the Tank by any stretch of the imagination. To be fair, and I mean this with all due respect, Mitch, you're like a buck thirty soaking wet. So, like, I can't picture you being able to chug, like, ten beers. Hey, there's, what, there's, there's a bunch of skinny people who eat a ton of hot dogs in, like, record time. So also true. Let's chill here. Also true. No, skinny people still have stuff going for them. They do. They definitely do. And, I mean, just from everything from top to bottom with Saturday, I wrote it in the post. It was a, Honestly, it was a perfect day. The weather was fine. Like, it was good tailgating mm-hmm. weather considering that it was December 1st. Uh, the atmosphere was fantastic before the game. We met a lot of cool people. Like you said, we met up with Yes Men Outfitters. We met up with Oyster Bay. And then just people coming up and talking. It was a great time. We had that grill going and everything like that. It was pregame was awesome. I can't think of a better tailgate, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, one of my favorite stories is actually meeting John Tortorella. I wrote this in our Patreon newsletter. Hashtag plague. Uh, plague. Plug. Pfft. Way to ruin that one. Um, I was walking by the, the Columbus bus as I was coming back from the Marriott to use their washroom. Thank you, Marriott, for letting me use your washroom a million yeah. times. And he's just standing there heckling this lady who wanted a selfie from him. Like, I'm not giving you a damn selfie. You can go take it with someone else. Classic John Tortorella. <laughs> and so I just cut between them. Hey, I'd like to give you a handshake, Torts. And I shake his hand and he goes, see, look at that. Really? <laughs> yeah, just went there and stumped the fire. It was great. That's great, Mitch. Wearing my Islanders toque and everything. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh. very on brand for John Tortorella for not wanting to be, I don't know, in a picture. Like, come on. <laughs> in selfie because he associates it with millennials or stupid millennials oh can't be taking selfies and be on snap yeah. face and insta chat and all that <laughs> twit book <laughs> twit book <laughs> um but then we got inside the building and that was magical for me again i had never been never ever ever have i ever been there so did, oh my God. Did I oversell the atmosphere, or do you think it was on par for what I was trying to sell to you? I think it was on par. I, I didn't want to be, to maybe to be a little honest, I didn't want to take your word at, uh, at, what, at face value necessarily. I wanted to experience it for myself, so I didn't want your words to kind of make it up for gotcha. me. Um, but my, when that first Let's Go Islanders came out, I was not ready for that. I really wasn't. It shook. Uh, it shook me, at least. Because, again, I've been to hockey games. I've been to the Bell Center. I've been to the stadium here in Ottawa. I've been to the Maple Leaf Garden, or I guess whatever they're calling it now, Air Canada Center or Scotia Rogers something or other. Uh, I've been to a bunch of hockey venues, but never have I heard something this loud. Yeah. The fans were definitely into it right from the start. I mean, everyone got to their seat by the time warm-ups were going on, too, which was great. It was No one was, like, filing up as the first period was underway. Everyone was in their seat ready to go. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I can see why the NHL doesn't want this as an NHL venue. 
because uh, be- because there's only one concourse. No, right? the concourse is crazy. See, I tried to warn you for that, and that was you yeah. said it on one of the million shows <laughs> we do. I don't remember which one, but you tried to do a bathroom and food run in the same intermission, and I'm so sorry for <laughs> I you, tried, Mitch. I tried to be economical with my time, and I was like, I don't want to miss any of the game. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy that leaves five minutes left in the first period because there won't be any lines. But my God, I shouldn't have been an idiot because um, I didn't, and I missed. 12 minutes of the second period. <laughs> Not great, Mitch. No, bad move by me. It was it's just so jam-packed. Um it, it just it can't be an NHL venue. There's just not enough bathrooms. There's not enough uh food venue, food vendors, I guess you can call it. Um to accommodate even just 13,000 people. But the halls isn't wide enough. Like you try walking out of well, there. Well, there's that. Too. It's just the lineups really. Walking out wasn't too bad. We were out of there in a gif. Well, I was anyways, uh, and in my car within like seconds, maybe not a minute. Uh, it was just the lineups, and then walking to get a line into line was just just people, masses mm-hmm. of people, just getting through anyone. It was awful, uh, but that's the only negative, and that's not really that big of a negative. That just means the place is packed. There was a sellout crowd. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, it was. I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. Probably the most lively regular season game I've ever been to at the Coliseum or just any anywhere, honestly, to be honest with you. But uh, the fans are really into it. I thought it was really cool, too. And I know B-Comp really hit home on this one. Everyone singing the national anthem I thought was really cool, too. That was a cool moment. Yeah, that was cool. I'm a, I'm a sucker good. for the entire arena singing the anthem. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm big on that. When Edmonton, was it Edmonton that did it uh, in the playoffs that one year? Again, it's O Canada, so sorry. The Star Spangled Banner doesn't really do anything for me. It's a beautiful anthem, just it's not my anthem. No, so obviously like, that is the difference. So, Yeah, exactly. So it, it is It is still a moment. I can appreciate the moment itself when everyone starts singing it. Uh, one of my favorite styles of music is, is um, chorals. Okay. I just I just love when there's like 20 people singing and they harmonize off of each other. Uh this wasn't harmonizing, but it's just 13,000 people singing the same thing note for note in, in the right tune. And just, oh, it, it is it is special to hear. Yeah, so that was really cool. And then obviously the Let's Go Islanders chants, they were loud. Crowd was into it the whole way. It was a fun game. Mm, such a fun game. 3-2 win. Uh, and Ryan Pulak getting the assist on the game-winning goal from Casey Zizekas couldn't have been any better. It was very on-brand for Eyes on Isles. And then we did the post-game show in the parking lot. That was fun, even though my batteries weren't working in my recording device, so we used the iPhone and ended up coming out really good quality, so I was happy with that. It was fun. Yeah, big ups to Apple with the uh, quality of the mic on, on the iPhone. I'm, if you're looking to start a podcast, guess what? The iPhone is pretty darn yeah, just good. Just talking to your iPhone, literally. Yeah, without a mic. We had no mic. We just were sitting there the, the, between the both of us. Anyways, um, yeah, you had no voice for that podcast. I whatsoever. didn't. I was cheering. I was into it. I was trying to save myself. No, I just blew it right uh, out of the water. For the podcast. No. And again, another bad call by me. It was a night of bad calls in that regard. I feel like me. it almost made it better. It was kind of like more personable, I guess, in a sense. I guess so. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but. Yeah, um, but overall, amazing night. I'm, I'm really glad I went. Uh, when I told people today at work where I was over the weekend, well, maybe not just today, but this week, um, they're like, why did you go to New York in December? Like, there's hockey. Are you a Rangers fan? I'm like, no, no. I'm an Islanders fan. I'm like, what? 
they've never heard of that. And you're like, why in December? Well, they went back to the Nassau Coliseum. Like, I never heard of it. God, Jesus, Murphy. God, I hate it so much when people just don't understand the context of the fan base that I am part of. Uh, but then I have to also understand that these people are, live in Ottawa, and even then, some of the people I work with live in Winnipeg. They don't get it. They just they're not exposed to it. No, yeah, I from the events that transpired on July first this year, and like the people I was with, they didn't understand. Like, what are you so upset about? I'm like, I. And that was like that. That's <laughs> I all I needed. Have to explain this. Yeah, to that's you. all I needed, and then I just yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Gross. Yes, uh, and hopefully I can go back. It's uh, it's expensive. It's uh, that call that weekend cost me thousand um, dollars, so it's expensive to find another thousand dollars. But man, I really want to be there when Tavares comes back. I really want to be there on February twenty eighth. Oh I would love to do a round two of a tailgate and doing that. So that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. No we'll pressure. We'll see. I, I I don't think I could do it. I really don't think I could do it. It's a a five percent chance that is that I could do it, but ninety five percent chance that I can't. Playoffs might be a different story. And hopefully, hopefully they play their playoff games there. I really hope so, right? So can we hit on that for a second before we move on? Okay. If the Islanders do make the playoffs, do you do you think they play at the Coliseum or do you think they play at Barclays? I think they could play it at the Coliseum. I understand that there's more seats at the Barclays, but they don't fill them. And I know it's playoff games, but if no one's willing to go during the season, I know it's playoffs. I know it is, but... It just doesn't make... I don't see people being mobilized necessarily either. The crowds were big to the playoff games I went to. I went to the Panthers series, and I went to one in the Lightning series. And the the crowds were big, so I think you would get the people there. But the advantage that you get... like it, The Barclays doesn't seem like a home ice advantage. The Coliseum, that that's a home ice advantage. Right, but monies. You get more monies from more gate receipts. My thing is, if you're going to... If it seems they're going this way, if they're going to be playing Nassau Coliseum full time as of next season, of course they haven't said they will, but it seems that they're gearing towards that. If that's what they're trying to do, then you try to build that culture of we're back by bringing playoff hockey there, right? Because and keep in mind, all their home games from March on is at the Coliseum anyway. So you're, the stretch run of the season is there anyway. Why not just stay? Yeah, it, it wouldn't. Logistically, it wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't put it past Brett Yormark to try to push it to the Barclays Center. But I, I think business-wise, they have to look at it like, yes, we could probably get more gate receipts at the Barclays Center. However, we can get more bar- we can get more uh, gate receipts if we make the playoffs here at the Nassau Coliseum over a longer period. As in, like we can do this for 40 games. If we do this at the Barclays for, let's say they make the playoffs and they, they, they get swept in four games. That's two games. So they're going to make gate receipts over two games where they could do it over 40. And let's just say they go through seven. That means they're getting three games, right? Probably because they're probably not getting home ice advantage, you'd have to imagine. So they're getting three games. So that's three instead of 41. Even if they go all the way to the Stanley Cup finals, that's what? If they play seven games per series, uh, that's how many series? Four. So that's 27, 28. Where are you getting the 28 from? Seven times four. They're not playing all the home games, though. No, I know, but then divide by, let's say, two. Okay, so like 14? So I guess, yeah, I should just say seven times two. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't know where you were going with that, Mitch, but... Yeah, I was really struggling with that one. So max 14 games. Again, they could get 41 the next season. 
and the season after that if they keep building that momentum. And if they're making the playoffs this year, you'd have to imagine they make it next year. You would think so. And you would certainly hope that. Like, obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but the idea is you're building momentum and you're establishing the brand as being in Nassau and no longer in Brooklyn. And you break that momentum if you go there for the playoffs. I completely agree. I understand that it might be, quote-unquote, appealing to go to Barclays because there's more seats there. But overall, I think the fans, the players, the coaches, I think everyone prefers Nassau Coliseum. So just to keep everyone happy, why don't you just do that anyway? Well, and and there is such a thing as if you keep people happy, they will spend money. And and again, this is where I'm I'm trying to say, like, you can get more people longer over that 41 games. You bring in 13,000 every every, for all those 41 games. Guess what? Those 41 games in Brooklyn, you weren't bringing in 13,000. You're bringing in max 10. So you're bringing in 3,000 more 41 times. And also it comes down to, like, would you rather get 15, 16, whatever it is at the Barclays Center for three games or you potentially do it at Nassau, home ice advantage helps, and you make the second round, so now that's six games instead of the three. Yeah, that's right. And it's pure profit, right? You're not playing the pay, you're not paying the players in the playoffs. Wow, that was hard for me to say. Exactly. So it's just like peak taxation. There's such a thing as taxing less and getting more from more from your tax base because you engage you in, you incentivize people to interact with your tax system more. This is me going through my economics notes in my head. There you go. Thank God Mitch took economics. Yay. All right. So overall, great weekend of Mitch on Long Island. He got the whole Long Island experience, went to the Coliseum. Good week for the Islanders, too. Yes. All right, Mitch. Now let's move on to something that's maybe not specifically Islanders related, but it does affect the Islanders. So William Nylander signed his deal at the 11th hour. No fun. The rumors died down finally. The pipe dream of him being traded to the Islanders was finally dead. But it does have an effect on the Islanders because they themselves have some RFAs coming up soon. For instance, Anthony Beauvillier after this year, Matthew Barzell after next year, and Ryan Pulak again after next year. Right. So, Mitch, I ask to you, how does that affect those three guys? Well, the, the first one coming up is Anthony Beauvillier, right? He comes up next year or at the end of this season, uh, and he's the only one. There's no other RFAs coming up this season. You can't imagine, even if he goes on a pace where he's he's putting up, I think right now he's on a, a point-per-game pace since he started scoring against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he continues that, I think he's maxing at 64 points, I think. When I did the math, it was like 64 points on pace four if he continues that pace right now of, of a point per game, uh, which is going to be hard to do. Even if he does that, you can't expect him to be like, I'm going to hold out for 6.9 million. No, that's insane. What you can expect is the Islanders to tender him a Ryan Pulak type deal saying, we don't know what you are because, yes, you've played three seasons in the NHL. Good job by you. But you've put up, what, 24 points and 33, I think it was 36. last year? 36. And let's say he puts up 61 this year. You exploded for 61 points. Who says you don't regress to 34 next year or 36? Yeah, you don't know. Let's give you 2 million over 2. Yeah, I right? agree. I I was doing something with the cap cuz uh Gary Bettman hinted that it was going to go up to about 83 million roughly for next year. Right. So I was trying to figure out the Islanders contract situation and obviously uh Bovillier is someone who needs a new deal, so I figured he would get 
two million, maybe at most three million, but I'd be surprised even if it went that high. I think two over two is probably fair. I think so, yeah. And then you go from there and reevaluate whether you want to give him the long term deal or not. I would assume you probably do. Uh, and then he goes from there. Yeah, it obviously depends on, on what he does uh, in, in those two years. But if he continues the way he's going, you would imagine he gets a bigger deal. Um, but uh, 6.9, I don't think it's going to happen. But then you get into, like you're saying, next year where or the year after that where Barzal and Ryan Pulak are up. Now, Ryan Pulak, I don't think, is going to get big money. The way he's going, he'll probably get four to five. Yeah, I think between four and five million dollars per year is fair. Yeah, it's fair. Um, like Calvin Hahn is getting that right now, so like Ryan Pulak is a better defender. But I, I think the Oz could probably argue him and, and keep him at five. Let's say, and we're again talking about two years from now, where like like you mentioned, the cap is going up. They just made six hundred fifty million dollars the other day, and they're going to make more monies with this whole MGM betting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the interesting one is Matthew Barzal. Right, what does he get? I think you're gonna have to go like eight years, ten million. I, I yeah, I agree. He's probably gonna be a ten million dollar player. Like he's not even a point per game right now, and he's kind of off of it with twenty one points in twenty six games. But you have to imagine he steps that up. Yeah, but even let's say he finishes with like seventy five points this year, and then yeah. is a point per game player next year. That's that's got to be $10 million in, at this point in today's NHL, no? Yeah. Well, like, and, and we have to consider that, yes, Barzal isn't putting up a ton of points. Like, he's not over a point per game. He's not far off. But the Islanders' power play is actually absolute garbage right mm-hmm. now. He was great on the power play last year. He was. Right? He put up uh, how many goals? He put up five goals on the power play, 22 points on the power play. He has nine so far this year. Nine points, that is, without a goal on the power play. He also has, like, five seconds a night on the power play, so he can't really do anything. Well, there's that. <laughs> and he's playing Cal Clutterbuck, or was at least. Um, that's going to change. They're going to score points on the power play. He's going to add points to this game that he's not getting right now. So you have to imagine he's going to get back up to that point-per-game status. Uh, so, yeah, $10 million. Easy. Over eight. I don't think you go bridge deal. No. Like the Nylander route, like the Vladimir Tarasenko route. No, I think you're going... Full eight year, right? I think so. And like Tarasenko made less, uh, so is Nylander. But then again, neither of those guys were point per game players. That's true. That's very true. So with um, Pulak next year, what kind of deal do you think he's getting? Is it like eight years at five million, or is it a lower nah. years? I think it. They sign him for five. Like, look, by the time he's done, he's going to be twenty six, if I'm not mistaken. He's twenty four now. Yeah, he just turned 24 at the start of the season. He's done, not this year, but the year after that. So he'll be 26 going on 27 by the time he signs. Okay. So five-year deal takes him to 32. All right. Fair. So, and you're thinking five years, the team can commit to that, and he's still got a few good years in him that if he wants to, he can still get another like three-year deal type thing, uh, making some good money, or he can go elsewhere. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Go go get your UFA payday for a couple of years. Thanks for thanks for being part of this. No, exactly. And hopefully by then they have some uh, hardware to go along with it. <laughs> you would hope. Um, but yeah, I don't think that anyone on the Islanders is going to be subject to 
holding out. If anyone holds out, it's going to be Matthew Barzell. But I don't see the Islanders being like the Toronto Maple Leafs here and saying, we don't want to pay you more than six points. I don't know why they have an accent. It's Kyle Dubas. He's Canadian. Um, so be like, sorry, eh? I don't know why I want to give you uh, maple syrup and another $100,000, eh? <laughs> that's how we all talk. It is. I've heard it firsthand. Yeah, that's true. Um, right. I, I, don't, I don't see the Islanders doing that. I see them. It's either going to be a, a, a huge rift in terms of like they don't want to give him anything more than eight. And he's like, dudes, I'm worth 10 clearly. Um, but even that, I, I don't see it happening. Like Lou will make it work. Yeah, I think it'll end up working out. I really don't see an issue there. Obviously, the whole Nylander thing, they have a million other players there that they have to pay too, so I understand that situation a little bit more. It's not like the the Islanders have a lot of space to work with too. Yeah, the $10.4 million right now. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure like, even if they go out and sign a nice free agent this offseason, you still have a bunch of guys coming off the books anyway, so you're going to have that room to begin with, most likely. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you're you're gonna have room. You're still gonna make room. Like again, we keep talking about Jordan Eberle coming off the books. That's six million dollars gone off the books. We don't expect Brock Nelson to make more than like what five and a half, we'll say, and that's only one point two five million dollars more than he's making now. Right. And we expect Anders Lee, Anders Lee, to make no more than seven. That's three point two five million dollars more. So at most between those two. You're adding, what did I say, $5 million. No, $4.5 million. Okay. And we have 10.4, and we're adding six to that. So we still have 12 point, what is it? 12 point, no, 11 point some million dollars. 1.9 or whatever. Again, math. Math is hard. It's okay. Mental math. Worst kind of math. Agree. (laughs) So the Islanders are in good shape. Don't worry about any of the Islanders RFAs pulling this garbage, so... Nothing to worry about. No, no. Again, it seemed like this garbage could have been avoided because it was over like $100,000 or something. That's nothing. I mean, to me and you, it's a lot, but to in the NHL standards, it's not a whole lot. Yeah, they are. They were going to give him $6,800,000, and they're like, mm, we don't want to give you that 69th one. Not really sure about that 69th one. Okay, fine. We've waited too long. Whatever. You know. What is it, YOLO? There it is, YOLO. You only live once. What are we going to do with that $100,000 anyways? You'll make it in jersey sales tomorrow. (laughs) True. Leaves. True. All right, so moving right along, Mitch, the New York Islanders power play is La Poop. Oh, stinking hot pile of garbage. They haven't scored a power play goal since the dinosaurs walked the earth. It's been a long time. (laughs) <laughs> the, uh, is, what is it up to now? Oh, for 16? 17. Oh, 17. Gross. They haven't scored a power play goal since November 15th, where they scored two against the Rangers. It's almost a month ago. Yeah. They have played eight games, I think it is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, eight games without power play goal. And they've had 17 opportunities in those eight games, and they haven't scored. Ugh, that's disgusting. Like, it's since you go back to November 5th, so a full month, they've scored three power play goals. Oh, no. So that's, and if we're doing the quick math here, that's 27. We're up to another eight. So that's 35 plus five, 40. That's 40. They're three for 40. Oh, no. 
That's disgusting. That's garbage. That's such garbage. And like, they're not doing anything <laughs> 8%. right. Oh, oh! I need beer to wash down the vomit that I just had in my mouth. That's. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> That's like impossible well, okay, well, to be that bad. What is the worst? Uh, not the worst. I know what the worst. I looked it up. The worst power play in the last twenty years, but that's not what I wanted to say. What is the the single worst attribute this power play has? Uh, if you could only pick one, what's the worst thing that this power play does? The drop pass thing. The super dump. I hate it. I can't stand it. They did it the other day. I looked for it. So they were playing. I forget already who they Winnipeg? were Winnipeg. It was. Um, Yes, they did it, and Barzell actually broke in, but then he had nowhere to go because everyone is still behind him, and the Winnipeg Jets just let him. They're like, okay, we'll go to the goal line. That's fine. You're going to have to pass it back to the point, and guess what? There we are. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, there was just no way. He finally broke through. He finally broke in, and it still collapsed. How is Barry Trotz not looking at Scott Gomez and be like, bro, we're still running this? Like, how are, how how long into this now? To be fair, he's, it's not just Scott Gomez. Like Scott Gomez is probably "quote unquote" responsible for the power play, but it's not like he does it independent of Barry Trotz's knowledge. I, yes, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. Do you think Barry Trotz is out there saying, "Keep running the super dump"? He's not not saying to right. Clearly, I guess. And it's not like I'm, I'm putting this all in Barry Trotz. I love the coach. Love the coach. But it just, it's just kind of like, guys, could we think of a different one? Like They're not the only NHL team that does it. So clearly, it's a tried and tested hockey scheme to try to break, break into the zone. Like This is something that happens. It just it seems so damn predictable. And you look at anything, any sort of critique of a power play, when it's predictable, it's worthless. Yeah, because then the other team knows exactly what they're going to do. With the Islanders, it becomes obvious what they're going to do. It's usually yes. Letty skating up, and then you, you dump it back to Barzal, and then you try and get in. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And yes, he's got some moves. And yes, he can skate, both of them. Uh, but again, all the guys are stuck at the red line, or sorry, the blue line. So they, uh, the puck has to go backwards. And it's not like they're getting any speed to keep up with Barzal. So the team could swarm Barzell as he enters the zone and nothing happens. Yeah, and they have nowhere to go. And like, and then you look at like who he's got with him. So yes, he's back on the first power play unit now, or power play unit A. X. A and yeah, B. Even, no, you can't do that because A is the first letter, Matt. X and Y? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Latin letter B. <laughs> Whatever. I, I don't know what the B is in Latin. But... Um, he was playing with Cal Clutterbuck. Bro. Can we pause on that for a second? What is Cal Clutterbuck doing on the power play? I pulled the numbers on the Cal Clutterbuck power play stats. Okay. Yes. What do we Not got? Not great. What do you mean? I mean, he hasn't scored a power play goal in over a year. Or he has like... Sheesh. Hang on. Let me, let me re... Open this page. The computer's doing the old let me be slow now as I try and change tabs. So you got to give me a second. So, yeah, the, the biggest thing I had was it was at the bar uh, at the Nassau Coliseum. I was going to call it the Barclays. Oh, my God. Uh, they went on the power play, and maybe I missed it. So maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, and, and someone listening can correct me if I'm wrong as well. 
I feel like it was in uh, like the, the eight minutes of the second period that I was able to watch. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck was taking faceoffs on the power play. It's probably because he's uh, he's right-handed, isn't he? Yes, he is righty. And the and the the faceoff was on the right side of uh, whoever was in net for uh, the other team. So maybe that's why he had a righty on the right side. But it just still seems like you got your best player not taking faceoffs on the on the on, on the power play. If you're going to win the puck, your best player should be winning the puck. Cal Clutterbuck is awful at the faceoff. Okay, Mitch, this is Cal Clutterbuck's sixth year with the Islanders. Guess how many power play goals he has with the Islanders? Two. One. Whoa. So bad. Was that when he was playing shotgun with Jonathan Harris? No, it was this year. It was this yeah. year? Wow. One of the Islanders' fifth, like not five power play goals is from Cal Clutterbuck. He has, over the last two years, 13 points on the power play. Wow. That's not... That's no, not that's good. not good. But, but I guess when you look at it, if you're running... Four fours on 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 power play unit one, and you're running three fours. Then that means you got to have seven, and the Islanders don't have top, seven top forwards. They just don't. I can think of one. Well, he's already apparently he's he's also playing. He got power play time the other night. Valtteri Filppula did. Oh, I'm not talking about Valtteri Filppula. Oh, oh, okay. Who are you talking about, Willis? His name, yes, is Joshua Hosang. Never heard of him. <laughs> I hate when you do this. <laughs> of course, yes, but like, they're not. Pr- I just wrote this. I just posted this on on Eyes on Isles. The pros and cons of calling up Joshua Sang because I can't rationalize in my own head why they're not calling him up. It doesn't make any sense. And, and we spoke on the Patreon uh, like after the game, and I I said that um, Tom Kunakle hadn't scored a goal in our point in so long. It was actually nine games. I went back and looked. He hasn't scored a point in nine games. I am shocked that Tom Kunaka hasn't scored a point in nine games. Yeah, I know. That's really bad. What is he doing? He being Tom Kunaka, what does he do exactly? He plays with heart, Mitch. He's got to be out there every night. He plays with heart. Fair enough, I guess. All right, you, you got, got another room? <laughs> Probably, sure. He's got two Stanley Cup rings. He just blocks out whatever <laughs> Barry Trotz is saying. Look, Tom, you got to go back to the A. Can't hear you. My Stanley Cup rings are in my ear. Har, 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 Patrick Wall. Rah, rah, rah. No, I, I don't hate Tom Kunakle, but when you have a million and a half guys who are really fourth liners, and then you have some of them playing in roles, taking away opportunities for prospects with higher upside, that's when you get a little bit annoyed. A player who leads the NHL in assists. Yeah, and then I hate people who are like, oh, well, he doesn't shoot anyway, so it's not like they're going to be scoring more goals. No, well, he's going to create a ton more space. He has nine assists on the power play in the NHL this season, which is tied for third in the entire AHL. It's pretty impressive. He has 10 points on the power play this season already. Like, the kid is good. The kid is good. He'll generate offense. That's what you want from him. That's exactly what he's good for. Like that, That's it. Put him on the power play. Let him do his thing. So why don't they call him up? And I know we're kind of off topic where we started talking about the power play and now we're talking about Joshua saying, but I think this is kind of going hand in hand. I don't have a logical answer to not calling him up. I don't think there is one. So that's why I was doing the pros and cons because I was trying to tell myself, what are they thinking? 
what what is what is the rationality in their mind where we don't call this kid up? They to me it's well they're going to have to play him with with uh, Filippo and and Komarov, so, and they start sixty percent of their zone or of their shifts in the defensive zone. That's not necessarily where you want Josh Jose. On the pro side, well, you do want to teach Josh Jose how to play a two hundred foot game. How better than to play with two guys who have put up a combined thirty seven points this season? starting the game in the defensive zone. So you're going to learn the defensive side, but you're going to generate some offense because these guys are clearly generating offense. And couldn't, wouldn't you think that Hosang could serve as like, okay, safety outlet, let's get this thing out of the zone. Skate it out for us, yeah. please, as we're going to be in cinder blocks behind you trying to catch up. Yeah, but we will do the fundamentals right, and I, Valtteri Filippo, will take you under my wing and show you how to do the fundamentals right. I will be the elder statesman here, and I will teach you. And just think, like, Valtteri Filippo's shooting percentage is, like, through the roof. So if he continues to be hot and Joshua Sink continues to feed him, maybe you get even more production out of Valtteri Filippo. That's right. So, like, I can talk myself into the con, but I can easily talk myself out of that with a, with an easy pro, as Joshua saying is going to be a, a freaking amazing. I uh, why why wouldn't you bring? I him agree up? with you. There isn't really a reason other than I don't know. You don't want to make Tom Kunako move to Connecticut. <laughs> I guess you've already done it, right? You already did it once. Why not do it again? I guess right. I don't. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Aside from the fact, and this this is the only one that I, that I can think of, is they feel that they can solve this in house without having to bring someone in. Clearly, so they can. N- <laughs> exactly. It's been a month. <laughs> like half their more than half their games, it's been an issue at this point. I know. I don't, and it doesn't seem like it's a deployment issue. It's also the idea. This is all along the same lines that one player might not be able to change this entire power play. Like you bring in Hosang, who says the other four guys that he's playing with don't move the puck around or aren't responsible when it comes to entering the zone. Like one guy might not be enough. I don't know. I'm willing. I'm willing to take that risk. Oh yeah, so am I. Easily. I'm just again. I'm trying to find reasons as to why they're not doing it because it seems so darn obvious. Why aren't you calling up Josh Hosang? I know he's played today. They're done. I think now. I don't know if they won. Uh, they're done now. Call him up. The game's over. Get him up here so you can play. They play tomorrow, right? Yeah, so you can play tomorrow against the yes. Penguins. There you go. Exactly. Against the Penguins, put him back in 66 just to egg him on. <laughs> um, P.S. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers did win 2-1. to one. Um, Did Hosang get a point? Hosang did not get a point. But Otto Koivula and Chris Bork scored. Uh, yes, Otto Koivula, my future fourth-line center. <laughs> hey, three, three goals in three games so far. Or two games, sorry. There you go. So, yeah, obviously, Mitch, power play issues are still a thing that we have to discuss on the regular. It's not fun. Yeah, I know. No, it's not fun. Speaking of fun, let's transition into something a little bit more fun, though. It's the holiday season. Mitch's favorite time. He's already said it a million times. Loves Christmas. Love it. I love Christmas. So one of the things that kids and grown people like me do is we write a wish list to Santa Claus. (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to do an Islanders-themed wish list. I wish I had some, like, jingle bells. That's my best jingle bells impression. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I have one, and it's kind of 
I have multiple, but I'm going to start with one that kind of we just talked about and spoiled. But my first wish is for Josh Hosang to get the shot. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, we already talked about it, so there's no, no use explaining it. Uh, my first wish is for Beauvillier to become a 30-goal scorer. Okay. He hasn't yet. He's come not super close, but he got, what, 20-some-odd goals last year? I feel like 23 sticks out to me for some reason. Yeah, that sounds right. 21. Okay. He had 21 goals last year. He's not on pace to do it this year. I don't... I have my phone. He's got seven now. But again, he had that first start of that... That first start. That start of the season where he was just uh, the garbage. Uh, And he's turned it on since then. So seven divided by 25. He's played so far times 82. He's on pace for 23 goals. Okay. I want him to be a 30-goal scorer because I want him to be a viable top six option going forward. He's... I think he's borderline top six. I think that's how I would describe him right now. If he keeps up, he's top six. So maybe this should be my wish. It should be, I want Bovilli to figure out his game so he doesn't have to go through a 10-game lull every season. I like it. Even longer than that, like a quarter season lull every year. I like that. Okay, that's wish number one. My wish number two is Matt Duchesne. <sighs> okay, all right. Okay, why? Why, Matt? You got a huff and puff like the big bad wolf over there. (laughs) Blow your house down. Your Matt Duchesne built house built on toxicity. Um, I like good hockey players. That's what I say when anyone asks, like, oh, why do you like Josh Hosang? And my response is, I like good hockey players. Matt Duchesne's over a point per game. He would be the perfect Robin to the Batman that is Matthew Barzell. The Islanders had a great one-two punch last year with Tavares and Barzell. I think they missed that a little bit this year. Nelson has been good. He has slowed yes. down, though. Oh my! He put up a point last night, so stuff it. I know, but he has he not been as active the last week or so? No, he's been just fine. All right. Get off my boy. Okay. Well, I... Die on the Brock Nelson Hill, I guess. three points in the last five games. That's perfectly fine for me. So I'm going to counter your Ottawa chat with your, your trade target from Ottawa with a trade target from Ottawa of my own. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's trade for another winger. No, we don't have a million of those. Go ahead. Well, we don't have a good right winger, do we? We have two in the system, but sure. We can have a better one. Neither of those are point-per-game right-wing players who control the game in the neutral zone like Mark Stone. He's the perfect type of player for the Ottawa for the Ottawa Senators. He's not for the Ottawa Senators. Um, for the New York Islanders, he plays a strong fundamental game. He's not necessarily flash. He does everything right, and again, he controls the game. His fi- his fifty fifty battles in the neutral zone are a six. He has a sixty percent win ratio. The average across the league is thirty seven. That's good. It's real good. So when he's going for a puck battle in the neutral zone, which is a significant area of the game, mind you, he's at 68%. His course is through the roof. His Fenwick is good. This guy does everything right. And he's up over a point per game the last two seasons. He's going to cost you. He's going to be a free agent. And he's already making 7.125, I think it is, on the cap. Uh, he's, he's not going to come cheap, but that's why the Islanders have space. 
You're right. You have him riding on your top right wing. You put, let's say, Wallstrom or Hosang at the second right wing position. Great. That's a great one-two down the middle where the Islanders didn't have that before. It's not down the middle, down the right. Down the right on the top two lines. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I would prefer to have both Hosang and Wallstrom for the future, but I like Mark Stone well, a lot. We're not giving up either of them. We get him in free agencies. No, I, I know that, but then where are you going to Are you playing Josh Hosang on the third line? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not, because Oliver Wallstrom is probably going to play in the AHL next season. I am resigned to the fact that Oliver Wallstrom is playing AHL next season. Can he? I'm pretty sure he can. Okay. Oh, yeah, we went over this, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure he can. Um, and he should. Well, not he should, but I think Lou's going to say he should. Yeah, you got to earn your stripes. There you go. Okay, wish number three. Uh, <laughs> my wish number three is I'm laughing because it, it kind of ties right into what we were just talking about. Okay. Um, earning your stripes. Who is someone that has, quote unquote, earned their stripes in the league, but oh, is not the best? Wait, what? Okay. Now, I thought you were going somewhere specific and you lost me there. Maybe because I was focusing on who I thought you were trying to talk about. I was about. talking about Andrew Ladd. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with Andrew Ladd? I'll make him disappear. That's my third wish. Yeah, I could have. I, I want you want his contract to disappear. Yeah, not. I don't want him to disappear from the face of the earth. I'm not talking anything <laughs> morbid like that. I just want him off of my team. Whatever, however that happens. Okay. I leave that up to Santa Claus. Yeah, I don't see that happening ever at all whatsoever. That's why it's a wish, Mitch. It's a it's a wish. <sighs> what were you going to call me there? Um, okay, fair enough, I guess. Uh, my third wish, and, and this is going to transition into the social segment okay. for me, uh, which is perfect, doing a good transition today, is I want Ilya Sorokin. Oh, right, yes. Right meow. I want him right meow. I like Leonard. I like Rice. I love what Sorokin is doing out in, in Russia. And I know it's Russia. I know it's the KHL. Bigger ice surface. He's on a wicked team in the CSKA in Moscow. But still, the numbers this kid is putting up, insane. Yep. He is He's really talented. It's just a matter of getting him to come here. And unfortunately, Mitch, as we can now transition to the social segment, which is one of the things that I wanted to talk about in the social segment, Igor Aranko put a big kibosh on that pipe dream today. Yeah, so it started with, with Arthur Staple, And I right? got hyped reading that athletic article. I was at work. I was excited. Hard. And then, like you said, Igor Aranko was like, you know what? Stuff it with your parade. <laughs> he was like, you're going to have to wait another year. Sorry. Your parade must die. Unfortunately. I assume he talks like that. I think so. So if you, if you haven't seen the tweet, what does it say? Um, I have it up. I don't have don't. it up. Okay. So Arthur Staple, like you said, put in a, a great article out on The Athletic today talking about um, Lou Lamoureux looks for the Islanders' next franchise goaltender uh, and the in, in-house solution may present itself. Shocker, the in-house solution is Ilya Sorokin, mm. who, I have stats here, is a 941 save percentage this season, a 119 goals against average. Wow. With a 15-3 and 3 and 5 shutouts. His best season was four years ago in the K, where he was a 106 
goals against average and a 953 save percentage with 10 shutouts. So it's still not his best season. This is not his best season. No, but he's still putting up video game like numbers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's KHL and he's playing on a really good team, but he's got to look at the Islanders and say, like, if they can make Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice above average goalies, what can they do with me? What can I become? Right. And he's still young. It's 23. Yeah. Like, he just turned 23 in August. He'll be 24 next year. Right. So then he would be, uh, if he has to play the next year, so then he maybe be 25 if he comes over. Yeah. And then that, yeah. Hopefully so, have him for the next 10 years, please. Right. So, uh, Aronko says Ilya Sorokin's agent says Ilya won't move anywhere before his contract with CSK expires. CSKA expires. That'll be in 2020. It would be possible if CSKA was okay with that. So, uh, what he means is that if he moves before that, but that's not no. happening. Is what he says. No shot. Then why would they? Ha- why would they? Like, yeah, okay, let's let the best goal in the league go. Eh, whatever. We got better options here. No. No, it's not going to happen. Unfortunately. No. Uh, and there was another one that he put out uh, just after that. Uh, it says, on Ilya Sorokin's situation, if he wants to buy his contract out, he must apply for the process 15 months before the actual buyout. He hasn't yet. So either CSK lets him go, they won't, or he stays until 2020. Fantastic. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was a fun hour that we had. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't even last that long for me. I think I was done reading it, and then I saw a Ronco's tweet, and I was going, oh, No, I had at least like 20 minutes of dreaming in my head. (laughs) Of shutouts and Stanley Cups, and then it all comes crashing down. A little bit. A couple things for me. One, I want to continue to pump up the tires of Josh Hosang for a second, because I saw a picture, courtesy of Noel Fogelman on Twitter, it says Josh Hosang giving a young fan a puck, and it's a picture of Josh Hosang throwing a puck over to a kid who looks probably like six or seven years old, something like that. And that's <laughs> I love that heartwarming stuff. I'm all, I'm all in on that. You're all in on that, okay. And the second part two of that was which was Bridgeport Sound Tigers related. Did you see the Sound Tigers tweet from yesterday of with Kiefer Bellows? I no, I did not. Okay. So it's a picture of him shopping in Target doing the charity thing and they added Butchie and they're like Bellows already found the toy department <laughs> that's amazing yeah. I love it that's so good oh <laughs> the toy department oh man Butchie is saying he's always got a chip and chase in toy department it's like he gets paid for saying those I think he does like he, he can't go a game without saying chip and chase no otherwise his brain shuts off or something it should be a drinking game. Whenever Butchie says Chip and Chase, you, you got to take a drink. A drink called Chip. Some sort of drink called Chip. The Chip that you have to chase. <laughs> oh, no. Hmm? So, you no, know, you have to take the shot of Chip and then chase it with a beer. It's called the Chip and Chase. I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I need to be paid for these things. Offside Tavern, figure it out. Ooh. You guys are a lot smarter than I am in creative. Figure out the Chip and Chase. So the Chip is... is a shot of something and the chase is you chase it with a beer I like it so when people go to the bar like can I order a chip and chase for like I don't know nine dollars and eleven cents or ten cents I don't know why I did eleven okay because nine ninety one all right I like it. I like it Mitch you you have your brain's cooking today I like it <laughs> it's cooking it's cooking before bedtime 
Uh, anything else out of the social segment segment for you? No, that was it. It was really just the Aronco thing that really got me going today. So I'm glad we had to we got to talk about that. All right, so we hit on a lot of stuff today. We hit on the power play being abysmal. We hit on our Christmas list to Santa, William Nylander, and of course our experience at Nassau Coliseum. A very fun week in the books for us, Mitch. It was a good week. I wish I could do it more frequently, but I can't afford going to New York that often. We should do it every weekend, Mitch. Come on. That would be a blast, but again, I can't afford it. I know. So unless all of you go and click on an Eyes on Isles article a thousand times a day, I can't go to New York every weekend. Please do that. There's a, there's a clear solution here, that, and it involves a lot of clicks. That's all we're asking. We're gonna, read it. Forget reading. Just click on it. We'd appreciate <laughs> it if you read, read it. it, please. Please read it. All right. That's going to do it for us. But before we get out of here, we're going to do some plugs. So make sure to wherever you are listening to like, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. It really helps with our searchability and reaching a bigger audience. So we appreciate all that. You could also follow us on social media at Eyes and Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at T.L.O. Mitch. You could like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can be sure to download our app available on Apple or Android, the Eyes on Isles app. And you could also visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number 68 in the books. I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week with number episode 69. Nice. Nice. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.